What's going on guys, it's Jonathan from Lens Culture Photography and we are at it again with another podcast. This is the first podcast episode for those listening on podcasting apps um, is going to be recorded and put up on my Instagram TV for my Lens Culture Photography Instagram account. So if you're wanting to see a little bit more visual aspects, then definitely head over there and uh, give this podcast a listen on the Instagram TV app. So in today's episode, in today's episode, I forget who does it like that. Um, we're actually going to be talking about how to get out of shooting manual. This for something for like with me and my photography, it took me a little bit of, I would say, more practice than normal people because like I just really couldn't understand the aspects of what procedures to go in when understanding the right settings for a specific shot or um, situation where you're going to capture a bunch of images. Obviously, I'm speaking a little bit more in regards to like a portrait session or weddings and stuff like that. So I have some notes here on the side for me that I want to make sure I hit. But first, I want to jump into why shooting in automatic is actually okay. <laughs> I know it's a little bit contradicting to what I'm saying right now, but if you're a beginner um, and we all start somewhere, even, you know, the best filmmakers, even Steven Spielberg, you know, was a crappy director once. Um, but shooting an automatic can help you understand what those the numbers on the back of the screen actually mean. So what I mean by that is like, let's say you're going out and you're shooting automatic and you're doing like a portrait session and you take like 50 pictures. Well, let's say you see one of those pictures, you're like, oh, I really love this picture. Like how good the image looks, like with the coloring, the lighting and stuff like that. The composition, obviously, that's not anything to do with really automatic. How you're framing your shots depends on you. Um, but let's say you're looking, I have my camera right here just so, so I can reference these things. Let's say you're looking at an image and you can see because the metadata is still in your image when you pull it into like whatever editing software you're using. So let's see, okay, oh, I really love this image and I'm noticing the ones I really love are at a lower f-stop. Now, what the f-stop is manipulating is the basically the plane of focus on your image which in correlation gives you that really good depth effect so a lot of people always assume that professional photos also have that separation from the background that's why like iphones and androids and pixels are all aiming to get their phones with that portrait mode so that you can have that that background separation because people have always correlated background separation with professionalism that's just how photography has been kind of um portrayed as and stuff like that. So basically, I'm going to go to the, from the left to the right on all the numbers that you'll usually see on your um, cameras. I'm referencing to a mirrorless camera here. I, I shoot mirrorless A7. Um, with the DSLRs, you don't have that EVF, the electronic viewfinder. So with a mirrorless camera, a little sidebar from this, you see the image you're going to take right in your viewfinder. With the DSLR, you have to use what's like basically called the metering mode method, which usually um, leads to more chimping. Chimping is when like you have your camera, you shoot a picture, you look away, shoot a picture, look away, just to see where you're at. Like you're adjusting your settings as you go. With the mirrorless, I just keep my eye up on the EVF, adjust my settings, and I know the picture I'm going to take if you're not using a flash, which we'll get into a little bit later. So basically the first thing you're going to see if you're looking at, at – um, these are the first things you're going to see, not necessarily the order you should adjust them in. I'll get into that. Is your shutter speed. So your shutter speed is how quickly your camera basically takes a picture. Most professional level DSLRs or mirrorless cameras go up to like 8,000, 1,000, 8, So that's like 
that's really fast. That means that first shutter is closing and the one before it's like right after it. So if you're watching this on Instagram TV, you're gonna see this is how much space your shutter is giving you to accept light. Uh, if you're inside, your photo is gonna be really dark if you're at 8,000. If you're outside in like where I live, Florida, at the beach at like two o'clock, the sun is really, really prominent. So having 8,000th of a second, honestly, sometimes may not even be enough. I've been in cases where, you know, and I'll get into more, uh, some accessories you can use for this, but I've been in cases where I've had it at 8,000 a second, I had to bump up to like an f-stop of, of like 3.5 because there was just so much light coming in. So the first factor is gonna be your shutter speed. That's how quickly your camera takes the photo, that's how quick the curtains in your DSLR or mirrorless camera close. Um, so yeah, shutter speed. The second thing is gonna be your f-stop. We've already touched on this a little bit, but the f-stop basically is the plane of focus and also like gives you that depth perception. Very low f-stops allow in more light because the, um, the aperture blades inside are really, really wide. They're really wide open, usually a nine or 11 ap ap aperture blades. And then when you have a really high f-stop, it's really small hole but everything is usually in focus with that, but you're cutting out so much light. The smaller the hole, obviously, the less amount of light that's gonna come into your sensor. The larger the hole, the bigger plane um, of uh, blur distance, so basically the more bokeh you have in your shot, so the more blurred background. The smaller your f-stop, more light, more bokeh. Higher f-stop, less light, less bokeh. Everything's gonna be pretty much in focus. Then you have your ISO. Your ISO is your sensitivity to light, so basically, if you're seeing, okay, I wanna keep my shutter speed at this number and I want my f-stop to be like this. Now, you're gonna set your ISO to compensate for whatever light problems you're having. If it's too bright, you're gonna move your ISO down. So you want a, a smaller number, something like ISO 100. And then if it's really, really dark, you're gonna have to bump up your ISO to like ISO 1600. Most DSLRs and, and mirrorless cameras can go up to like, I would say, I don't know, for me, like I try to stay below um, 6400. Uh, I don't really like to go above 6400. That's when I start to see some noise, um, especially if you're shooting in a specific style. So the ISO will give you pretty bad noise if you go pretty high. And that's pretty much the most negative looked upon um, thing when it comes to images if they're not professional or low quality is how much noise or grain or like grittiness is in the image. Um, the most, I would say the biggest industry that has a problem with this number specifically is sports photography, um, especially if you're shooting like inside um, midday soccer games, that's diff a different case. Because you're wanting to freeze that action in sports, having a higher shutter speed, like basically it's gonna freeze somebody running. So if your shutter speed's at 50th of a second and somebody's running across your picture when, you, when you're taking this image, uh, they're gonna look blurry. But if you want to freeze them in action like a football player throwing a football, you're going to bump your shutter speed up. And that's going to allow you to freeze the action. But when you do that, you're cutting out light. And when you cut out light, you have to compensate in different areas. And that's what ISO technically is for. But they all are correlated into each other. So brief summary. Higher the shutter speed, the quicker you can have an image captured, thus creating less motion blur. Also, higher the shutter speed, less light. The higher the f-stop, the more you're gonna have in focus, but less light. The lower the f-stop, the, the larger plane of focus, more blur blurred background, and more light. Higher the ISO, more graininess and grittiness to the image. The lower the ISO, the cleaner the image, but it is um, darker, um, darker. 
So this is how I personally set up all my numbers when I'm getting out of auto and shooting in manual. I shoot in manual. Some people shoot in aperture priority. Um, I don't really know that many people that shoot in shutter priority. Maybe maybe sports phot photographers do, but I don't currently do that. Um, but this is how I always do it. For weddings, I'm going to speak specifically on weddings, and I'll touch a little bit on portraiture. For weddings, I always find that people are kind of moving somewhat faster, so I like to keep my shutter speed at 200 to 250. The only time I'm ever going, um, I would say, below that would be like where it's very heavily posed images, and I know that I can go a little bit slower because people aren't moving as much. Because I don't want that motion blur. I want everything to be kind of crisp, unless I'm purposely getting motion blur, like maybe the couple's like running, and I thought it'd be, it'd be a cool picture to then have like some motion behind it. So I usually keep my shutter speed at 200 to 250, and that's usually what I'm setting first. And then from there, I shoot on all primes for the exception of this 70 to 200. And if you're watching on IGTV, I'm showing you it now. Um, but for the exception of the 70 to 200 during the ceremony, which this is actually my own copy now, I've been renting it recently. It's a pretty expensive lens. Um, but with, for the exception of during the ceremony, I shoot on all primes, 85 millimeter, 55, uh, 24, and a 35. Um, those are my favorites because all of the f-stops are it capable of going under two. Um, and it gives you that really nice blurred background, that separation that kind of everybody's always chasing after. Um, but I always like it because it also gives me more, flex more flexibility in low light. Um, so for me, I like to shoot with prime. So with that said, I'm always under 2.0, like usually always under 2.0 when it comes to f-stops. The only time I go above 2.0 is when I'm using this f2.8 zoom lens and when I'm shooting groups. With groups, you have multiple people that could be on different planes of focus. Therefore, you don't want to be at like an f1.4, which is a very defined plane of focus. It's almost like, um, for example, if you turn sideways and you look at your face, if you're at f1.4, it might be grabbing focus on the nose. Whereas if somebody's standing next to that person, their nose could be equal to this person's ear. Or technically speaking, let's reference the eye because we want all of our images to be focusing on the eyes, which is like the key point of a portrait. So if her eyes are here and like her groom is standing right here and his eyes here, being at 1.4 might not be the most um, educated thing to do because the, the plane of focus is very defined, very, very defined. So I usually find myself shooting at f2.8, 3.5, sometimes even f4 if it's like a very large bridal party or something of that nature, or if I even just want to show a little bit more of the background in a portrait and not have it be super out of focus and blurred and stuff like that. So I find myself shooting at f2 or below for like single photos and like preparation and definitely like um, when I'm taking like bride and groom pictures, but when I'm doing large groups or multiple people, I like to stay above f2.8. Um, never usually higher than like f8, I would say, and that's only when it's like really, really sunny. Then with the ISO, I set that based on my other two factors. So I say, okay, I want my shutter speed to be, you know, 250. I want my f-stop to be as low as it can. Okay, what do I need my ISO to be? And for me, I don't want grain in my photos when I make when I'm taking them. You can add grain in post. So there's no point in really bumping your ISO if you don't need to. So I keep it at 100 as best as I possibly can. And if it's a case where it's like 250 is too slow of a shutter speed for me to keep my ISO at 100. So let's say there's a lot of light coming in. I'm wide open on my f-stop so I can get that blurred background. 
my ISO is set to 100, so I don't have much grain or grit in my image. So I'm gonna say, okay, the best thing to do to compensate to cut out more light is to just up the shutter speed. And that all that's gonna do is be better with freezing time and freezing your image perfectly if you're not going for like a motion blur look. So that's usually how I am setting up all of my settings for manual images. And then the last thing, which is kind of a little bit different than this, it's, it's your white balance. Now, white balance is basically the um, how your colors and everything is perceived in your image and how the whites are and stuff like that. So for pure daylight, I'm pretty sure white balance for daylight is 5600 Kelvin. How I do it though is because I'm constantly moving around to weddings, I actually have been trusting a lot recently the um, auto white balance and my Sony camera. So what I have it set to is auto white balance white. Um, that just to me makes more cleaner colors and more natural to what it looked like in real life. Um, it usually grabs it pretty well for me. There are certain cases where I'll go into the Kelvin temperature and set that temperature um, manually, but that's pretty much the last thing I'm doing is setting that that um, that that white balance number, and that's pretty much all it takes. It's just practice and knowing what the numbers actually mean and for me that was the longest time I didn't really know what they meant and I was too kind of lazy to like figure that out and then I was like you know what I want to take better pictures I really want to make my career kind of um, accelerate a little bit more and I want to you know get past just shooting an auto because auto can teach you a lot and auto can show you a lot about how not to take images but it's not going to let you have a hundred percent flexibility in creating your best image. And that's what you're trying to do here is you want to create the image that, that you want to capture and it's going to allow you to get more clients based off of your creative art. Um, just going to check over here on my pad here to make sure I don't have any other notes that I missed. Hmm, let's see. Yeah, I mean, everything I pretty much covered. So if you're wanting to get out of auto, I think these are great steps to do. Set your shutter speed first. Set your f-stop based on the look you're kind of going for set your ISO sensitivity, and then if you have to come back to your shutter speed because you're in a bright environment and bump that up a little bit, then just you do that. You're gonna have, it's a math game. You're gonna have to compensate for light. If you have a lot of light, you're gonna understand that one of your three factors is going to have to be cutting out light. If you have no light, um, some of your three factors are going to be have to bring light in, bump your ISO, stuff like that. For me, the only time that I'll ever come above like 6400 ISO is if I'm like intentionally doing so and sometimes like even then it just gets kind of difficult because I don't like that grain. You can take a lot of that out in post um, but that is one thing you can do is take a lot of the grain out in post so it's always a factor and it's always things that you can work towards but it's pretty much an art of finding your numbers um, in each different scenario because everything's going to be different. Now with flash it's completely different. Um, you're going to have to understand how to use flash a little bit before you do this so what I would suggest is learning it without flash. We're going to do another episode with flash when it comes to your settings because it's kind of a whole different ball game. I'm currently experimenting with using just an on-camera flash and an off-camera flash so once I 100% know the settings that I like to use in those scenarios I'll come back on the podcast and do an episode for that. Lastly, the last thing I want to touch on is what's called neutral density filters. Um, basically, there are filters you put on the outside of your lens that can cut down stops of light if you need to. These are really more popular with video. Um, people use them for like landscape photography and stuff like that when they want to have that shutter speed lower for some motion blur. But sometimes for event style coverage, they don't really aren't used often to be honest i never really use them uh but those are always on a good option too they're basically sunglasses for your lens to help help cut up light cut out light so 
that's it, guys. And if you're watching IGTV for the first episode, I appreciate you checking in. And um, I'll talk to you guys on the next podcast. Peace.